CSN International presents to every man an answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Tuesday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. We're glad you've joined us as we get together every weekday afternoon at this time, answering questions about the Bible from the Bible, look at current events through a biblical perspective, and what we hear in church. Is it even in the Bible at all? And so if you've got a question you'd like to ask us, maybe you've been reading your Bible, come across something you don't understand, that's why we're here. We want to help you do a better job for our king. And so if you got a question you'd like to ask us, again, that number is 8888-ASK-CSN. And you can be part of the program today. Joining me today, special guest, featured CSN speaker here, Greg Blanc from Rapid City, South Dakota, Calvary Chapel. Hi and welcome. Hello, Pastor Mike and Team Tima from sunny San Diego. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm here in San Diego for a week or so and visiting some friends, and it's just uh, it's just been beautiful. Went and put my my feet in the sand at the beach wow. yesterday. A lot of lot of fun. I think I'd mentioned to you just a few minutes ago that that I had an opportunity to go up to the Calvary Bible Institute in Joshua Tree, Joshua Springs, Yucca Valley area. And uh, hang out with some incredibly fired up young men and women who are all about the kingdom of God and, and all about learning this and, and what true philosophy of ministry is all about. It's, uh, it, was, it was really, really, really exciting. Had a great time uh, with them a couple of days before that when and saw my, my sister and my brother-in-law, my nephew in, in Altadena. Pasadena, California area, and then up to Ridgecrest, scenic Ridgecrest, California, up on uh, up on Highway 395, going towards Mammoth. That's where my stepmom lives. Spent a day with uh, with her, and then drove down to uh, to Southern California and just enjoying my time here. But I really can't wait to get home and be with the peeps there at Calvary Chapel, Rapid City. So I'll see you soon. I'll be in the Wonderful. Again look, on look forward. Yeah. Amen. Look forward to uh, all the things that um, you will find out when you're in Southern California. <laughs> well, well, I was gone. Yeah, the sky, I know. The sky is falling there. And <laughs> Sometimes you, it does. And when you get back to Rapid City, you can dig your toes in the sand there, too. Not just kidding. Let's go no, to there, the... There's sand up in the lakes. Yeah, there, there is sand. There is. Yes. I don't know where they got it. Anyway, let's go to Rex in Boise, Idaho. Welcome, Rex. What's your guys' uh, thoughts on medical marijuana use for Christians? Well, you know, I, I don't know. I, I uh, have issues with marijuana in particular across the board. I, I know a lot of people that have a medical marijuana card. Well, not a lot, but a few. Uh, and really, there's nothing wrong with them. It was just an excuse to be able to get loaded anytime you wanted. Your thoughts, Greg? Yeah, you know, it, it's amazing how these guys that have an agenda, you know, the agenda isn't medical marijuana. It's a legalization of all drugs. And they understand, they understand what they can do by getting the camel's nose under the tent. So 
they uh, they will say, well, it seems that uh, only uh, only marijuana is the only thing. And I'm and I'm not making fun of you if this is what you have used. But like Mike said, there's a lot of people that have completely exploited the system. But they're saying that the only thing that will help my grandmother's glaucoma is if she smokes pot, which makes zero sense. If it's the THC content that uh, in the in the. Uh, in the in the cannabis plant that is actually effective, then they have cannabinol. Cannabinol is the THC in pill form. I cannot see. Here's here's my challenge, Mike. I don't know where you stand on this, but I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you what uh, what I feel the Lord has spoken to me on this. That uh, the, for, for a doctor, for a doctor, for Dr. Doobie to describe, uh, to, to prescribe, uh, smoking marijuana to, to fix an ailment while at the same time, they won't prescribe you smoking cigarettes because they know the lung damage and lung damage is worse with marijuana, unfiltered marijuana cigarette, then, then the whole argument, their whole argument goes out the window because it, the, doctors are supposed to extend life, not shorten life. Um, when it comes to uh, uh, medical marijuana, to be honest, I don't think that they're with, with, with all the drugs that, uh, that the drug administration has passed for uh, effectiveness and whatever the ailment is, I don't think there are too many, if any at all, that only marijuana can cure. The whole idea is that they want legalization for all drugs. This is just a way to kind of soften the market and uh, and get their get the nose, get the camel's nose under the tent. Pastor Mike. So I hope that answers it for you. Yeah, that was very insightful. May I ask one more question? Sure. Um, I, I hear that the Earth is like a dumbed-down version of heaven. Do you think we'd be doing activities in heaven like uh, jujitsu? Well, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that you're going to have to take um, classes to defend yourself because there's no violence there. There's no sin there. So I don't know that, that that's going to be, but I, I do believe that we're not just going to sit around on a cloud and eat angel food cake. Stay off that one. That one's Mick Jaggers. Hey, uh, you get off my cloud. Anyway, cloud. if you know about that, but anyway, the point is, the point is, is that, um, the Bible says throughout all of eternity, he's going to show us his greatness. What's beyond the stars? What's inside the atom? I think that's what God's going to show us. And I, I think it's going to take an eternity for us to truly understand the greatness of our God. You know, when you look and you see that at one time they uh, counted the stars and they said, well, this is how many. And now with the Hubble telescopes and all the other uh, telescopes they have, now they realize there's hundreds of billions of stars. And, and you, you realize what's out there. And I believe that's what God's going to have us do someday. The other thing I think is gonna, really going to be neat is uh, the Lord teaching us his, his word, his Bible. Um, the Hebrews have a saying that when Messiah comes, even the space between the letters will mean something. I, I, I look at that as not just poetic, but I believe that's really, really pretty insightful. Um, 
Because again, there's so much that God has to offer us. Uh, I don't think we're going to have to work out. We're going to have a, a glorified body that does not break down. Greg, any last thoughts? Yeah, I hope, Mike, I hope it's okay to ask this question. Rex, is uh, is there a reason why you singled out jujitsu? Are you a martial artist fan? Yeah, I'm a martial artist. I uh, just okay. love it. And I would want to do that and do things we enjoy in heaven like we do on earth. But yeah. that was well, very insightful. Well, we do know there was, we do know that the Lord wrestled with, uh, with Jacob. <laughs> Jacob. So, uh, yeah, maybe, I don't know, you know, um, well, apparently not everyone was Kung Fu fighting, but anyway, the point is that, um, I, I really think that, that as we, as we, uh, get to heaven, I think we're going to learn a whole lot more the minute we walk into heaven than we know now. And I don't think, uh, any of us will be disappointed when we get there in any way, shape, or form. So we look forward to that. But I, I think the greatest thing for me is I just I just want to see Jesus. I, I you know I, I want to talk to Paul. I want to talk to these guys. You know, and and uh, I suppose it'll be a big long line, but that's okay. I'll wait. God, all of eternity, uh, and so it'll be a good thing. But no, I I don't think anybody will be disappointed in heaven. Honestly, hope that helps. It was very insightful. I love you guys. I've listened to you for a long time. God bless you. Rex Dale Lane sent you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs. I know you'll really like, especially uh, God of Wonders. You, you'll really like that. It, it goes into a little bit of this. And, and so, yeah, check that out. Send you a couple of books as well. Let's go to Joe, New Mexico. Hi and welcome. Hi, this is uh, Joe Cantu. And I uh, have a question concerning... Head coverings on First uh, Corinthians chapter eleven. Yes, um, I, I heard a, a pastor speak on it, and uh, he was very compelling. Of course, I can't remember all the the arguments and scriptures that he used, but basically, he was saying that it was not a cost, a custom for the women to be wearing those. It was a mandate from the Lord, and so this is. Uh, so, so let me ask you this, Joe, real quickly, so you can defend yourself when you run into these kind of guys. Do we go to heaven because we have our hair co- head covered, or do we go to heaven because Jesus died on the cross for us? Oh well, obviously, because Jesus died on the cross for us. Right. So um, the thing they- is, but see, when you when you look at this, and uh, even even if you look at it in co- context. Um, he is listing here, uh, talking all about hair and these kinds of things. Uh, just the verse before in verse 15, but if a woman has long hair, it's a glory to her. Her hair is given to her for her covering. But verse 16, if anyone seems to be contentious, we have no such custom, nor do the churches of God. Uh, that verse covers uh, what you are reading about. Head coverings, long hair short hair. Uh, the Bible says uh, it's a shame for a man to have long hair. Notice it doesn't say it's a sin. Now, if I saw some guy with his hair dragging in the dirt, I'd say, boy, that's a shame. You know, uh-huh. but it doesn't say it's a sin. And I think it's really interesting. People like to read in there because it's by my works, my works. I wear a head covering that I am righteous. Nope. The Bible says no good thing dwells in the flesh. And anytime you have somebody telling you, well, you've got to wear a doily on your head, or you can't eat pork, or you've got to worship on Saturday, or whatever it is, these are hoop jumping that remove 
a father-child relationship. When Jesus said, when you pray, pray in this manner, our Father which art in heaven, and they change it to a legalistic, rule-filled ball of worms that in some way this is appealing to God. Listen, I don't believe a woman's head is a a doily on her head is going to make a, a minute's difference when, especially when we look here, if anyone's contentious, that means argumentative. We have no such custom, nor do the churches of God. He's talking about this very thing. Now, again, when someone says, well, it's, I don't believe it's talking about that. Well, I feel sorry for him. He needs to read because again, that is not what it says. We go to heaven because Jesus died on the cross, not because our heads are covered or uncovered or we have long hair or we're bald as a bowling ball. We go to heaven because Jesus died on the cross. And the minute that we begin to think it's something that I do, doilies on the head, not eating pork, uh, you list it. They all got they all got their hoop. Selling flowers in airport, going door to door, giving giving uh, exactly ten percent of your money, uh, um, worshiping on Saturday. All these rules. We are not justified by rule keeping. We are justified by our faith in Jesus Christ. God said, Jesus said. If you love me, keep my commandments. And what are Jesus's commandments? Love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit, and love your neighbor as yourself. For upon these two, now get this, hang all the law and the prophet. Not just the Ten Commandments, all the law. Loving God, God doesn't care if, my, if I got a doily on my head or not. And loving my fellow man. That's what's really important. And so, again, when we go back to really understanding a father-child, I love my children. I'm sure, Joe, if you have children or uh, friends that have kids, whatever the case is, I love my kids, whether they're clean or they're dirty, whether they've skinned themselves up, as long as they come to me, I'll do everything I can do to clean them up, bandage them up, love them take care of them. I don't care if they have a doily on their head or not. Your thoughts? Joe, we, we completely, we, we appreciate your question. I was uh, just looking here in chapter 11, reminded that, that this is the pretext to the Lord's instructions on, on communion. And we know the, the latter portion of this passage is, uh, is all about a heart Issue. So for reading it in context of the heart issue, there are several, there are several things, uh, there are several statements in this passage concerning head coverings that I don't understand, especially, especially, let's see, it's verse, verse 10, verse 10 says, for this reason, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. What is that all about? I don't know. I've never heard a pastor be able to give a great explanation for that. And then I, I, that, I'm glad. It, I'm glad you didn't ask that question. Yeah, yeah, me too. Because guess what? Where the Bible is silent, Mike, right? Be silent. So, uh, yeah. so are we. And then, and this this might help you, Joe. Verse thirteen says, "Judge among yourselves: Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered?" As Mike was saying, it's an issue of the heart. If a gal is uh, is wearing a baseball hat or a doily or some big sun hat, 
is, does that mean that God is going to hear her prayer uh, any more than he would if she was just pouring her heart out like, uh, like Hannah did? Uh, also in that, in that passage, it says that, that, uh, a woman's long hair is, is her glory. God is saying it's actually her glory. It's just one of the symbols of, of womanhood. Not that a gal can't have, uh, short hair, but, uh, it, it's, it's not, it, it's not an issue about head covering or not head covering or standing on one foot or one hand in the air or on your knees. It's an issue of the heart. So Joe, we hope that, uh, we hope that answers it yeah, for you. Yeah. Remember when, uh, Mary Magdalene broke the, the, uh, box of ointment and put it on Jesus's feet and we wiped, uh, his feet with her hair. Uh, you couldn't do that if you had a, if you had your hair in a doily. Um, and, and Jesus didn't say, Oh, get away from me, woman. You, you don't have a doily on your head. Um, <laughs> You you have to again look at the entirety of Scripture. Um, I I'm pretty concerned that uh, pretty sure that the woman at the well that Jesus talked to uh, probably didn't have her head covered either, uh, and Jesus didn't say, "Where's your doily?" Um, I think that we have to be careful. Now let me clarify something. I think this is really important because I want to make this clear, Joe. If I go to a culture as a missionary and all the women are wearing something on their head, I would instruct my wife to wear something on her head. I believe that we have to be sensitive to their custom, to their culture. But it was not a culture within the Romans to have your head covered. And so when we understand when the when the Gentiles start getting saved in uh, Acts chapter 10, uh, they weren't instructed to be sure to have your doilies on your head. Um, the the important part was that we have to be sensitive to custom. If you're in in Micronesia, if you're in the Middle East, excuse me, in uh, uh, the Orient, and you sit down in a chair and you sit there and you cross your legs and your people in the room there with you see the bottom of your feet, it is considered an absolute insult to show anybody the bottom of your feet. We have to be careful. And if we ha- are going to go and be missionaries or going to go and not offend somebody, then I'll wear a doily. Or if I'm going to go and and uh, go to a place where their culture is and they don't want me to see the, they don't want to see the bottom of my feet. I'll keep both my feet on the floor. I believe we need to be sensitive to customs of other people, because if I'm trying to reach them and I offend them before I ever get one word out about the Lord, I'm wasting my time. So I really believe we have to understand customs uh, that are different uh, than our own. I hope that helps, Joe. It does. I just wanted to ask you, where could I find information? Because I've been looking for information about what the customs were for the Romans, and I haven't been able to find that the women in their culture did not have to cover their head. Mm-mm. No, and uh, your your thoughts, Greg? Well, I don't know. Maybe Josephus. I haven't done... I haven't done hasn't come up, so uh, I haven't done a lot of research on that. But you might want to check the the, uh, the works of Josephus or 
or most dictionaries. And, and to be honest, probably there's probably better use of your time. Maybe, maybe take the time and, and just hide some of God's word in your heart because if you, even if you found it or not, it's not going to change what, uh, what Pastor Mike just read in verse 16. But if anyone seems to be contentious, we have no such custom. That pretty much settles it. Nor do the churches of God. Pastor Mike? Amen. And so I, I hope that helps. Uh, again, we do have some of the culture outlined for us. Uh, when we look at the book of Romans, uh, we, we get a pretty good idea because you got to remember Romans is a corrective letter. And so right when you start off in Romans chapter one, you get a pretty good idea of the idea of, of the Roman culture. Very, very um, um, fleshly. And, and um, of course, ultimately it led to their complete demise. Uh, but I, I, I really think that you can get some of that even when Paul was at Mars Hill. He says, I see you're all very religious people. You have all these statues to all your gods, and then you have this one to the unknown God. Well, this is the one I want to talk to you about. When you, you look at that, you, you realize that Paul was doing everything he could do to bridge uh, the culture. Uh, and so I believe this is why he shaved his head when he was in Jerusalem so that he would be accepted so he could tell uh, the, uh, Judea, the, the, the Jews there um, about Jesus. I think he was doing everything he could to be a bridge builder. And that's one of the things that Paul was so good at doing. Uh, and I, I think he probably learned a little bit about that from Barnabas, who was the son of consolation, who was also a bridge builder, a, one who reconciles people together. And when they were scared to death of Paul, uh, it was Barnabas that that brought Paul to the disciples and say, no, I checked him out. He's OK. He's a good guy and all these different things. I think Paul probably understood how important being a, a, a bridge builder, a cross-cultural kind of guy is. So, but there are, there's probably some things uh, that, that are around. Um, uh, you can probably check out Wikipedia and some of the other on their, their cultures. Uh, but you got to remember, they didn't last only about a, three, four hundred years after, uh, after a Jesus anyway. Um, their borders were overran. They had become so um, center-focused uh, on their immorality that they just crumbled from within and were overthrown. So hope that helps. Thank you so much for your time. Joe, God bless you. Stay online if you like. Send you out some books, some DVDs I think you'll enjoy. Let's go to Nicole, Seaside, Oregon. Hi, welcome. Hello. Hi, how may we help? Yeah, um, I go to this church, and um, I asked our pastor if he believed that you have to be baptized to be saved, and he said that was above his pay grade and didn't want to answer it. So um, I just wanted to know what your thoughts were on that. Well, I believe that baptism is an outward sign of an inward change. Uh, we certainly know the thief on the cross wasn't baptized, 
we find that when Peter was addressing those in the upper room that day, he told them to be baptized. But we find elsewhere that he just said to repent and believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Again, baptism is a sign of obedience. Now, let's go back very quickly. For a person to convert to Judaism in the Old Testament, you would renounce your pagan deity, you would embrace Yahweh as your God, and then you would take a ceremonial washing. Thus, we use that word baptism. This is what made John the Baptist ministry so unusual because he came to the Jewish people telling them they needed to take a ceremonial washing. Well, I thought I was, I was right with God because I, I was a descendant of Abraham. No, you don't inherit your godliness. It's a choice you make. And so that's why John the Baptist ministry was so pointed, uh, because it was saying, you Jewish nation, you need to take a ceremonial washing. And so this is really what I think it goes back to. Um, we bury the old past uh, in the water, and we come out clean uh, up out of the water. I believe it's one of the first acts that we do as a Christian in obedience. Um, do I think it's an option? No, I think it's a requirement, but not for salvation. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's it. a couple of things. Number one, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says that it's by grace we've been saved. It's through faith. It's a gift of God, not of works, so that no man can boast. So salvation is an issue of the heart. Ultimately, baptism, uh, celebration of the Lord's Supper, any of those type things, those, uh, those that would be considered a work of some sort. So no, we're, we're completely saved by grace through faith. Uh, it is a command to be baptized. Jesus told us in the Great Commission, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you, and lo, I'll be with you, even to the end of the age. So um, you said that your pastor said that it was above his pay grade. Maybe let's let's give your pastor the benefit of the doubt. Why don't you go back and and uh, and ask him, ask him again? Because if it's in his statement of faith, it's in his statement of faith. Um, he should be able to respond, and he probably can. Um, uh, and if 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 he if he can't, <laughs> uh, if he can't, um, then you'll have some praying to do. Uh, whether to continue to go to the church or something, because that that really is. Mike would probably agree, and we're never we're never going to be here to bash any pastors, but Mike would agree. Yeah. Um, that's a question somebody should be able to understand. Yeah, I hope, it, that, it, I yeah, hope that helps. Nicole, if you go and show him Acts three nineteen, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Uh, no word of Times being baptism. Yeah, no word of baptism there. Stand in line if you like. Send you out books and DVDs. We'll be right back right after this. Can you imagine getting your college degree and graduating debt-free? Sound crazy? Here's great news. Calvary Chapel University is offering a 25% tuition scholarship on your entire degree program. And with this unique scholarship, you have a realistic way to graduate debt-free. Calvary Chapel University is one of the most affordable Christian universities in the United States, and it's fully accredited and 100% online, so you can study whenever and wherever you want. 
Calvary Chapel University offers bachelor's degrees and master's in biblical studies with an emphasis in biblical counseling, Christian education, and more. And with solid teachers like Skip Heitzig and David Guzik involved, you can be sure you're getting sound doctrine. This scholarship offer is available for a limited time. Find out more at calvarychapeluniversity.edu. That's calvarychapeluniversity.edu. Apply today. If you enjoy the programs on CSN and have been blessed by them, then please consider giving a year-end donation. Your support helps CSN stay on the air and bring you Bible teaching that strengthens your walk with Christ and gives you the faith to do all that God has called for us in His Word. To make a donation, log on to csnradio.com slash donate or call 1-800-357-4226. We want to thank you in advance for your prayers and for your support. All donations are tax deductible. You're listening to CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. We broadcast on almost 400 stations across the nation, including multiple stations in Texas. You can listen in Amarillo, in San Antonio, Odessa, Paris, and many more cities throughout the state. Get a full station list or listen anywhere in the world live at csnradio.com. CSN International, where God's Word is heard. This is CSN International. Back to part two of To Every Man Answer on this Tuesday afternoon with Greg Blanc. I'm your host, Mike Kessler. Greg's in uh, Rapid City, South Dakota. I'm in Twin Falls, Idaho, and we're going to go back to the phones. We have Lee in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hi, welcome. Hi. Yeah, I have a question about immorality. Okay. Well, I have to actually go through uh, an episode that happened. Uh, We were over at a family member's home. Um, my daughter was upstairs in her cousin's room, it's a flight of stairs, and I happened to come out of the washroom and see my brother-in-law upstairs, and he was going to go into the room and shut the door. And at the time, I didn't think of nothing about it, but the way he was looking, it just kind of thought, what are you doing? So I thought he was with his daughter in there, going to be in there and shut the door and talk to her or something, but when he seen me... He had a change of mind that came out and went in his, he went in his room because it was like right next to it. Then I find out my daughter has been holding back on me that her uncle actually was nuzzling her, kissed her neck on Rosalie's shoulders asking if she had a boyfriend. Um, this bothered us and it didn't sound morally, it didn't sound loving or appropriate. Um me and my husband are having a hard time with this, and I want to find out where I can find healing. Well, is she a, is she a believer? She is. Well, dear, my heart goes out to you. I, I think uh, it's a, a terrible thing, incest, and or at least attempted. Um, and, of course, by all means, I would keep your daughter away from uh, this guy at all costs as well as anybody else that is throwing the moves on her. Um, You you know, it's unfortunate, this fallen world we live in, and we see this kind of behavior, which is so sad. Um, Greg, your thoughts? 
Well, uh, it's kind of sad. Uh, not kind of sad. It's very sad. And uh, you you verbalized your thoughts about it being inappropriate. It's it's more than more, it's than, more than inappropriate. It's it's illegal. <laughs> um, and uh, can can we ask you, Lee? Have have you approached your brother-in-law on this yet? I'm we're as he lives at his state, so we're supposed to go um, visit another family member in the same state. So I told my husband, I said we should confront him in his sin and tell him how evil he he was approaching to do something with his own niece. And my the thing was is my daughter kept on pushing back on it. No, that can't be it. That can't be it. So she just barely told us about it. And it's been about a year ago. Yeah. But how I, old, I, how, can we ask Lee, how old is your daughter? My daughter's 19. She's a young woman. Oh my. Okay. Okay. Well, um, number one, if she's, she's a legal adult, she would be the one, I mean, not that she would be the one that has to confront him alone. Um, I'm presuming that the brother-in-law doesn't claim to be a believer. No, no, sir, he's not. Okay, okay. Well, um, any any daddy, I kudos to your husband that he hasn't already um, taken this <laughs> taken this into his own hands. So praise the Lord that he's exercising some self control there. But you might want to talk to. Uh, uh, somebody that can give you uh, legal counsel on at least what your options are. I think that we would all unfortunately realize that that if 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 a man or a woman you know is doing this to somebody, uh, there's probably other somebodies involved. So it's 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 probably not a one off. And so you're protecting you're protecting other women by. Uh, by confronting him, uh, obviously give him an opportunity to repent. Um, maybe, maybe this is what the Lord would use to get him to humble himself to accept Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Not saying that 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 would be the perfect scenario, but uh, um, yeah, I, 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 I would pray this through. I would go get legal counsel. And will your daughter be with you when you're visiting the state? No, because she doesn't want to be around him. She has a yeah, lot of, yeah. she has a lot of anger. It's yeah, of course. Because it is her yeah. uncle. Yeah. And um, do, I mean, this is, the devil loves to keep this kind of stuff in the dark because the devil loves to bring shame when there is, there is no shame on your daughter. Your daughter did the right thing. Um, pushed him away and said, knock it off in Jesus name. I always tell, I always tell the young gals at our church, if some guy is trying to put the move on you, you reach your, your left hand up to Jesus and your right hand is just right across the chops. That'll, uh, that'll, uh, that'll keep him from doing that again. But, um, <laughs> you need to, you, you, this is a serious, this is a serious issue. Yeah, as a matter of fact, and, if she was if she was under eighteen by law, we'd have to tell you. Oh yes, you have to turn this mandatory into the, reporter. Yeah, you have to turn this into the authorities. Being she's nineteen, um, it it really doesn't change the damage that has been done, but it it it, uh, it it's where on her own um, 
would have to go after him. Now, again, I I think he should be confronted. Uh, I think that um, if you would confront him, I think if you can get a your daughter to write out what he did. Um, so, well, no, no, that she's misunderstood. No, this is what happened. Uh, and then what she said to him when he made the move on her. Uh, and the only reason, again, uh, is to prevent it from happening in the future or to somebody else. If this person uh, doesn't spare his own kinfolk, um, God only knows what this guy would be doing. So uh, that's what, what I would recommend. Uh, I think that, again, um, you know, you want to just really keep her in, in fellowship around those that love God, because this is a real tragedy, dear. It's, there's just no other words for it. And um, so um, can we pray for you? Please. Father, we just lift up, um, we just lift up this girl to you, this daughter, Lord, that you love so much, that we see this this thing. And Lord, that you would give Lee the right words to be able to reach out to her daughter, put the right people in in her daughter's life that will help her uh, work through this. Uh, Father, we pray for this man's salvation, that through this, perhaps he will understand he's on the wrong road. And so we ask you to bind Satan from his mind, that you would let him see the great offer you make him to have his sins forgiven and eternal life. And so we just ask you, Lord, for your very best in this situation in Jesus' name. Amen. Lee, I'm sorry to hear this, but our prayers are with you. And if if your daughter needs anything, we'll do our very best to help. I'll send you out some books, some DVDs I think may be very helpful as well, okay? Okay, thank you. Lee, our prayers are with you, dear. God bless you. Let's go to Reggie, Portland, Oregon. Hi, welcome. Hello. Hi. Let me turn down my radio real quick. Okay. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Um, I had already told the guy before what the question was. So, um, I guess I am ready to repeat it again, but it's in regards to um, Christmas. Um, for years, you know, children grow up believing or it's in songs where it speaks of Christ being born on Christmas Day. Um, I've not fully read the Bible from front to back, but I like to think that, you know, I have some knowledge and I, I, I strive to be even more knowledgeable of it. But I don't like dealing with um, false doctrine. I never did. It's just something about it that bothers me. So I ask the questions which I feel needs to be asked. Um, nowhere in the Bible that I know of does it even clearly even states that Christ was born on Christmas Day. It does give um, uh, specifics in some way um, about when he was risen after he was um crucified so it does give some idea as to when he rose from the dead but it doesn't say that he was born on christmas day and i'm not going to ask why people do this because that would be redundant i mean this world we live in you know they'll reach for anything if not to compete with pagans and say well okay you celebrate this christmas thing with a guy in a red suit and a beard and reindeer <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna match one up we're gonna say that christ was born on this day, but 
we know that it's wrong. And again, I just believe it's false doctrine. So I just wanted your opinion on it. Well, we know that Jesus most likely was not born on December 25th. In fact, it says the shepherds watched their flocks by night and they were on the hills of Judea. I've been in, I've been in uh, uh, Israel uh, in February when, when it snowed. So um, that's the last place you'd be. If you were a shepherd keeping your flocks, you'd probably be down in the valleys, not in the hills. So it was probably in the spring of the year when, when uh, Jesus was born. But what I tell people is this. December 25th is a day the world recognizes Christ's birth. Now, what day exactly it is, we don't know. It's a shot of one, uh, of one in, in, in 350, some six, uh, you know, uh, days uh, ratio. But most likely he was not. Now, some people actually, because of the stars, the different things, when the wise men came to see him, some people have actually turned the clock back, looked at the stars where they were at. And some people believe that it may very well have been possible that the shepherds, or excuse me, the wise men showed up to the house where Jesus was. We always see the manger scene and we see the shepherds and the three wise men. That's wrong. Uh, The wise men came to the house. They did not come to the manger. And Jesus was probably a couple years old uh, when this happened, when when the wise men showed up. But it could have been around December 25th based on what the wise men talked about. The star in the east, it disappeared. They went and inquired in Herod's house. They saw another star, which led them to where uh, the house was. Now, uh, that all lines up according to um, um, the the NASA people who turned the clock back. They they believe that's a very much a real possibility. But we know that really uh, the twenty first of December uh, solstice. The sun was waning a bit. They decided to throw the Roman culture, throws the sun, which was one of their gods, a big party. And so Constantine Christianized uh, solstice and called it Christmas. Now, um, it is unfortunate. We have, of course, when you mention the red guy, the, the guy in the red suit, that's St. Nicholas. If you study history, you go back there was a, a, a St. Nicholas who actually uh, went about giving gifts to children uh, at Christmas time. And thus it, he, his, his popularity, his, his fame grew to becoming Santa Claus. But the point is, is that it's a day that the world recognizes that Jesus was born. Now, I think that's important because there are people that will go to church on Christmas it will not go any other time of the year in honor to God. I have led many people to Christ on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So I know that it's an effective tool to work. When you walk into the store, you hear songs, glory to the newborn king. Wow, what a neat thing that you can walk into a secular store, though they're becoming less and less, being replaced by jingle bells. But you can walk into a store and hear a message of Christ. I, I think it's still pretty astounding this late uh, in the world. But the thing is, I don't fault people for celebrating Christmas because we do know that Jesus was born. If not a day in probably the first of, of Ilu in, in the spring of the year, 
But if not that day, it's going to be another day, but it's a day the world agrees that Jesus was born and he was born for a reason. He was born to die for our sins. And that's where I keep the focus. Because again, I don't know what day he was born on, but one thing we all do agree on, he was born. And if that's the day the world picks to honor him, well, I can do that and I will use that to further the kingdom. Your thoughts? Yeah, exactly my uh, my sentiment. You know, um, the Bible doesn't tell us anywhere that we are specifically <clears throat> to uh, to celebrate the birth of Jesus, and there's no specific scripture that tells us that we that we can't celebrate the the birth of the Lord. I um, I I would rather just celebrate His birth every day. And I think that if 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 we're really going to celebrate his birth, maybe we should send him some gifts, some gifts of our heart. You know, just say, I'm I'm surrendering my my anger to you, my unforgiveness to you, my bitterness to you. What great gifts those would be to give Jesus on his birthday, which, like I said, should be celebrated uh uh, every day. Now, yes, it's a, it's a tradition. And in our country, you know, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be the joy sucker in that situation. What we have at our church, we don't, we don't put up Christmas trees, but what we do, we have a cross that we decorate in, uh, in pine needles. And we have little gold stars that we put on and the people from the church, they uh they write why i love jesus i love you jesus because you first loved me i love you jesus because you forgave my sins i love you jesus because um uh greater gift has no man than to lay down his life for his uh for his friends so um i'm not going to uh i'm not going to be the joy sucker of of celebrating christmas but i think it would be wise scale back and really focus on the birth of Christ. And uh, why don't we, uh, why don't we just focus on, on giving a gift to Jesus this Christmas? Amen. Amen. Hope that helps. Well, actually it doesn't because I believe in focusing on the truth because that's, well, the truth is Reggie. The truth is Jesus was born. Uh, Now exactly what day we don't know. But we all recognize that Jesus was born, and because of that, we honor that day. Um, and and so that's the only thing that, that, that I'm saying. Now, when it comes to his resurrection, his death, we know that he was crucified at Passover because he was the fulfillment. He was the Paschal Lamb to take away the sins of the world. So we know when uh, he was, uh, what now maybe the exact year we don't know, but we do know that uh, he was crucified on Passover. The, very clearly, the Bible says he was going to be the Paschal Lamb to take away the sins of the world. So we know that. But as far as Jesus' birth we don't exactly know. Now, all I can tell you, Reggie, is this. If Christmas offends you that way, then then uh, then don't celebrate it. But be careful on, on dissing on anybody that does, because it may be the only contact that they will have to recognize that a king from out of this world came and was born in a dirty, filthy manger 
and grew up a sinless life and died for our sins. You see, it's the day the world recognizes that Christ was born. And uh, I want to be very careful in majoring on the minors and minoring on the majors. The point is he was born. It just happens to be the 25th of December that people honor that. And so it's okay. But if you are offended by that, then don't celebrate it, Reggie. I mean, I've seen uh, people that uh, uh, in the Bible, Paul says, if eating meat offends my brother, I won't eat meat. Uh, Sacrificed idols. I I really understand. I I understand people's um, uh, feelings, customs, these things. I've already talked about this earlier in the program today. But I want to be careful in, in condemning people because, again, it's the day the world recognized a Savior was born. Now, as far as the Easter bunnies and all that at Easter, Santa Claus and elves and all that, yeah, we've always, we always know that Christianity is under attack. Um, I, I just, all I can tell you is that uh, to use that to reach out to people, um, the exact day we may not know, but it is the day the world recognizes. And for that reason, I would honor Christ. Uh, and so I, I don't think it's a problem. But again, if you're if you're offended by it, then Reggie, then I can tell you, then just say, well, you know, I, I just don't think it's a, a good holiday. And, and uh, you know, I do recognize that Jesus was born, but maybe not on that day. You don't know for sure he wasn't born on that day, by the way. You don't know. I don't know. Now, I, like I said earlier, it would appear that it was more in the spring of the year, but I don't know. I, I, I want to be careful. But because we don't know, I would say we don't know, but it's the day the world recognizes. Reggie, I hope that uh, sheds a little bit of light on it for you. Stay in line. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs I think you'll enjoy. Got a couple more calls here we'd like to get in before the end of the hour. Reggie, stay in line if you like, and I'll send those out to you. I know you'll like them. I know you'll really like God of Wonders because it's factual. It's not a talking head. It's done like National Geographic. I know you'll really enjoy it. You'll also really like um, um, Evolution versus God. Let's go to Chris, Dallas, Texas. Hi, welcome. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Well, basically, I had a uh, I was with a sister this uh, weekend talking about God and what have you, and uh, and I just said to her, you know, Rita, uh, I said, uh, if we are not worshiping God, then all these other people, they're worshiping Satan. Do you know that? She's like, well, hold on, uh, Chris. You just went from A to Z, and and I'm just, you already lost me, and I just, uh, I don't want to continue listening. And I said, Rita, no, I'm serious. It's just because in the beginning, you know, when God created everything, and then there was this chaos in heaven that Satan took one-third of the angels because he wanted to be just like the Most High, and he wanted to be worshipped just like the Most High. So now we, his creation, man, you know, I said, Rita, don't you think that he's going to want to create all this chaos, all this religious nonsense, and all the uh, Muhammads and all Do you not think that they are worshipping Satan, I said, and then I just said, and if you look in the Quran, the story about Abraham and Isaac, well, you know, when Isaac's going to be a, a, a serve as an offering to to God, 
you know, they took out Isaac and they put Ishmael in there. And I said, and then when you go and you ask uh, them, uh, hey, uh, do you believe in Jesus? Oh, yes, I do. I go, do you believe he is the son of the most high? Oh, well, on that we differ, Chris, because he is a prophet. Well, Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the light. No one comes to the Father unless through him. You know, everybody's making highways to God. There's only one highway, and it's through Jesus. And if you don't believe that, then, then Jesus is a liar, a lying prophet. And and I, and, I, and I was just going, Rita, if we're not serving the most high in Jesus Christ, then, then we well, are— Well, Chris, them- you're right. You're right. There's only one way to Christ, and that's through or, or the Father and through Jesus Christ. The Bible says that. Um, and we have to be, be extremely um, strong on that point. It isn't all paths lead to God. Just believe in anything enough, and it's good enough. No, that isn't what the Bible said. Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying to his Father in heaven, he said, Father, if there's any other way man can be saved, let this cup pass from me. Speaking of the crucifixion, dying for our sins, shedding his blood. There is no other way. Being a great, really good person, being a really religious person, being a very, very uh, uh, kind person, all those things does not get a person into heaven. Why? Because when sinning doesn't make us a sinner, sinning proves what we are. How many lies do you have to tell to be a liar? Just one. How many sins do you have to commit to be a sinner? Just one. Um, Our sin is what keeps us from the presence of God. Your thoughts, Greg? There is only one true and living God. So, Chris, we would agree with you that if they are not praying, either they're praying to nothing or, and that's probably what they're doing because there, there, there is no God of Muhammad. There is no God of the Hindus. All those are, uh, uh, demons and, uh, Satan himself that they would be thinking they are, uh, praying to and they're praying to these false gods. So, um, yes, you're correct. Either they're praying to absolutely nothing or they're praying, they're praying to, uh, to, uh, some demonic entity. If they are not worshiping the one true and living God, I know that it can be difficult when you have to have these discussions and when you have to, when you have to stand your ground, but you, you brought up John 14, 6. That is the perfect place to say that and, and make, open your Bible, show it to her. And tell her, well, then what does this mean? What is Jesus saying if he's not saying what I'm telling you he is saying? Always put the onus on them. They always want to try and paint us into a corner. Well, we need to be wise. We need to be wise and, uh, and, uh, pull the same thing on them and just say, no, 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 you have to have, a, you have to have a response and you have to have a reason why you think that it's a legitimate cause to, to, uh, to worship, uh, any of the, the multitude of gods that uh, that are worshipped in today's culture, but there is only one true and living God. His name is Jesus, and we need to worship Him alone. That's and He's right. found in the in the Bible. In the Bible is one third prophecy. Two thirds of those prophecies have came true. One third yet remains. That's called the tribulation period, and what's coming up in the world right now. Um, no other religious book in the world has prophecy because. You see, if they make a prophecy and it does come true, you know it's bogus, so they don't do that. But the Bible does, and that's why you know the Bible's different than every other book. Chris, stay online. I got some things that you can show your friend. Thanks, Greg, for being on. God bless you, you all. Bet. See you tomorrow. 
To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 